thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. Thanksgiving evening. What a, what a great time for us to get together before we indulge ourselves tomorrow, uh, which is all right to do. You have permission to do that, I guess, on that day. More importantly than that, just uh, taking time to give thanks to God. Starting, not just starting tonight, I shouldn't say that. It should be a thing that happens all year long. But certainly, it's a time of the year when it gives us opportunity to kind of gather our thoughts and focus and rethink about the way things have gone and still remain thankful to the Lord for everything. Amen? All right. If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 126. I want to just take a moment and share a few thoughts with you this evening before we move on in our service and have communion time. So I'm trying to shift gears here from laughing and crying at the same time and get a little bit spiritual here, if I can at all. Psalm 126. This whole month, we've set aside as a time to really talk about the subject of being thankful. So we've entitled a series of our messages during the month of November, Thankful, and we truly are thankful for so many things. We just didn't want it to be a one weekend experience of giving thanks, but really taking time to approach it from different angles. So Pastor Jason and myself have been talking about it now. Uh, all of this month. And we will conclude, not tonight, but this Sunday. We're going to wrap up our thankful series, and then we're moving on into a new series for the next part of our holiday season. But uh, Thanksgiving, I was, uh, I was reading up on the Thanksgiving holiday and, and uh, just how it all began here in America. Um, and, you know, it's, and, and I'm sure, I know that it is celebrated in different ways, uh, but there are different cultures that have different ways of expressing their thanks to God at different times of the year. We here in America are blessed because of our foundation that we have, and the people were so thankful in those beginning years of America back in the 1600s and even prior to that. Um, but a couple of, couple of things maybe you don't know, that we are eating turkey tomorrow instead of eagles. Do you know that Benjamin Franklin wanted to have the, the bird or the national bird to be the turkey? Did you know that? How many, how many did, he wanted it to be the turkey, so we could have been eating eagles. Tomorrow. So I am thankful that he did not get his way. <laughs> and uh, we have the beautiful eagle that we can watch and observe, and uh, we can eat the turkey. Uh, turkeys are to be eaten. Uh, but I want to read this psalm, if you will. It's going to come up on the screen because I, I want us to read it aloud, if you can. Psalm 126. I have been for whatever reason, for over a month now, maybe even going on six to eight weeks, I've been drawn to the, to the incident that happened in, in the life of Israel and the Jewish people, God's people, when they were living in their land, but about 500 years before Christ, there was an invasion that took place. 
And the Babylonians had come into the land and had led away captive several thousands of Jewish people to Babylon. It was a time of their captivity. But when they invaded the land, they destroyed much in the land, especially in the city of Jerusalem. And the temple was totally destroyed. And they hauled away all the silver and the gold and all the instruments of, of worship and the giving of sacrifice to Babylon. So it was a real trying time for God's people. And uh, Jeremiah had warned them and told them that it would happen, and other prophets told them it would happen. And it's because they had turned their hearts away from serving the one true God, which they were raised up to proclaim His name in all of the earth, and they weren't doing such a good job. So there they were, and this was a time when Daniel comes into the picture. He was one of the young men that was led away captive in Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego. And we have a lot of stories. So if you think about it, there's a lot spoken about and around this particular event of their being a led away captive. But there's also a lot talked about about their return to the land, which was totally supernatural. Not unlike what has happened to the nation of Israel in the last 60 plus years here when they were miraculously brought back to their land again. And so it was a reenactment of this miracle that happened 500 years before Christ, and now it's happening in our day and right before our eyes. And there are a lot of parallels that, that take place when you talk about the two incidents. One that's happening right now, and the results are yet to be seen into the near, near future. But we do know that this one is going to usher in the return of Christ to this earth. How many are looking forward to that? So that's one thing that we have today that they didn't have before. Jesus Christ will return to this earth. And it's because Israel's in the land, the Jewish people are back in their land, and um, all things are being set for the return of Christ, the second return of Christ. This particular psalm, there's two parts to it. And you're going to see it. It's going to be pretty evident once I point it out to you. There are six verses in this psalm. The first three verses talk about the rejoicing uh, about being set free from their captors and being led back to their land. And then the, the four, five, and six, the last three verses, talk about that it's, it's not so much more in the future, but it can be looked at as something that happens in the future or it happens to us maybe more on a consistent basis. Let me read the psalm. Let's read it together, okay? Can we read it out loud and loudly? Okay, out loud and loudly as possible. So Psalm 126, beginning with verse 1. You ready? Okay, when the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with singing. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. He will continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing. Shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The Thanksgiving season to 
myself and to my family has meant a lot. I mean, we are drawn to uh, the festivity itself, but uh, Cheryl has done such a great job over the years of decorating our house during the fall leading up to Thanksgiving. And then part two of that is our Christmas decorations that happen. But the, the fall decorations uh, is something that I really appreciate. I don't know whether it brings back memories from my childhood of growing up in the East where there are a lot of trees and a lot of changing of the colors of the leaves on the trees and the falling of the leaves and then the gathering of those leaves into to piles and playing in them and even to the burning of the leaves, which the smell it was went throughout all of the city that I lived in. I think that's part of the reason it draws me back, but it's not only a tradition that I think we've picked up, but many people I think are drawn to that tradition or liking that kind of decoration that takes place. Cheryl and I make a habit of going and traveling back east, and when we do travel back east, we make our way to the Amish country, which is around Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and it's there, there are many shops and stores where you can purchase all kind of uh, things that remind you of harvest, that actually talk about the harvest. They're drawn to uh, like pewter that, that were used in the early days, even during the Revolutionary War, where people would eat off pewter plates and drink out of pewter mugs. And so I think just that whole picture of uh, early American comes out for us, and I think for many people during this season. It's also a reminder of, of family and the gatherings of family coming together and people coming home from school. And if there was times that we really did travel back home, it was mostly around the Thanksgiving time or the Christmas time. So it was also a reminder of our family getting together. And then, of course, there's the cooking, which actually today was, was uh, I woke up to the, to the smell of Cheryl cooking already very early in the morning. And then I picked up my granddaughter, Maisie, and she wanted to come over and she wanted to help Grammy, that she calls her. And uh, she actually came over and worked very hard. And they were making mashed potatoes and they were making stuffings and they were making cranberry sauce. And are you getting hungry yet? and uh, getting the, the turkey ready, and all that was happening. And as I looked at, uh, and I actually took a picture of it, of, of Cheryl standing in the kitchen and then Maisie helping her, I thought, you know, that's another blessing that I have to be thankful for this season to see my wife and her granddaughter, our granddaughter, working together in the kitchen. And Cheryl has done such a good job of not only uh, allowing them to be involved in cooking. I don't have the patience that Cheryl has in that. I mean, I, I, I want it to be done, but she allows them to break the eggs, which the eggs go all over the counter and slip down in between the stove and the counter. And, but it doesn't matter to Cheryl. She wants to involve them. So she allows them to make mistakes and, and do it, and she always has done that. So to me, it was a, a time of joy and that's why the title I put on this particular time and sharing these thoughts is Thanksgiving Joy of Harvest. And uh, we know that harvest is mentioned over and over again in the, the Bible because it was a, it was a culture, agricultural uh, culture that they had at, 
and they were familiar with, but harvest time. To us, harvest means a lot more than that, just the crops that are brought in. But we know that spiritually speaking, that, that we're believing for a great harvest of souls for the kingdom of God. We're believing for a great harvest, spiritually speaking, of, of the, the blessings of God that we not only receive and pass on to others, but we're able to turn them back to God in ways of thanksgiving. So to me, the Thanksgiving time relates joy. I think a lot about joy. I think a lot about rejoicing. The first part of this particular psalm was definitely a time of joy. I mean, the, the words of this psalm uh, speak about that itself. And it's called a psalm, but it's actually a song. So it's a song that they were singing of rejoicing and great joy over their deliverance and returning from captivity. Now, this was such a, a crisis in the life of Israel and the Jewish people, God's people, that when they were to return, and literally it took place almost overnight, and this is one of the points I want to make tonight. There's a lot of times that we, we, we don't have answers to our prayers. We're struggling through something. We're waiting for a return or we're waiting for a breakthrough in our lives. We're waiting for an answer of our, to our prayers. And it seems like it's going to go on forever and there's never going to be a breakthrough. We settle in to just believing that maybe this is just the way it's going to be in our lives. And unfortunately, I think that's an attitude that, that the epistle writers said would happen in the last days, even concerning the return of Christ, that we'll get so bogged down in life itself and the challenges of, of life that people will begin to doubt there's ever going to be an end and that Christ will ever return, that it's just going to go on and on and on like this. And this particular psalm reminds us that that's not the way it's going to be. That although we might find ourselves struggling and weary somewhat and doing well or trying to do the best that we can, that deliverance can come in a moment. It actually can come in a moment. And, and God did it in a miraculous way. They were under the captivity of the Babylonians, and the Babylonians then were invaded by the Persians, the Medes and the Persians, under the leadership of a king whose name was Cyrus. And God took this pagan king, and he turned his heart to do his will. And it happened in a moment. It was just like overnight. And there was a prophecy, if you remember, that this is the way it would be. And there they were. Babylonians thought they had it made. They were rulers of the then known world. And overnight, the Persians had come in and had invaded Babylon and had taken captive Babylon. And there was a new king. And God put it on that king's heart, let the Jews go back to their land. Now, just, if you could just picture that for a moment. They're living in this captivity, wondering if it'll ever happen. They had their promises. How many promises do we have of God's deliverance? God will come through. There will be a breakthrough in our life. And, and, and yet, they had those same promises. But when they went to bed that night, 
I don't think any one of them were thinking that the very next days ahead of them, they would be returning to the land of their fathers. Or that there would be such a deliverance they would be going back, not empty-handed, but the same silver and the gold and the instruments that were in the temple were given back to them to return and rebuild the city of Jerusalem and the temple area, which eventually did happen. But it happened just like that. Look at these first words. When the Lord brought back the captivity of Zion, we were like those who what? It was like a dream to them. They said, how, how could it be? It's just, it, it's just unbelievable. Then our mouth was filled with what? Laughter. That speaks of joy. When deliverance comes, there's a great joy that comes with it. Our tongue with what? Singing. Laughter and singing. And then they said among the nations, so the people were... That, that in other nations and the people of other nations were observing this happening and they too were astounded that this could happen. They didn't ever think that the people would go back to Jerusalem. So they were astounded. And look at the result of that. Then the Lord, the Lord, and they were among the nation, they said, the Lord has done great things for them. People that didn't necessarily worship the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, still had to say, listen, God has done something great for them. What is happening today? The return of the Jewish people back to their nation? I mean, people are astounded somewhat. Now, not all have confessed that God has done some great things, but they will. The Lord has done great things for us, and we are what? Glad. We're glad as a result of it. So deliverance can come in a moment. And it could be so, whatever you might be going through, don't doubt, and this should be a reminder. This incident in the life of the, of the people of God should be a reminder to us that God is not through yet. God's going to have the final say. Then we move to the second part. And it, it brings us up more up to date of maybe what we're going through and we go through regularly. Bring back our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. Those streams in the south are those rains that will come. In, in the south, meaning the Negev area or the dry, arid area of Israel, where it only rains a little bit. But when it does, that rain is gathered in the, the, the cavities of, of the earth itself. And that's where we have oases that spring up from. So they provide water even in the desert. So, so the words here are relating to how streams, even in the deserts, are there for us to drink from. So even in the desert times, in our walk with God, there's always streams somewhere. That God always provides an oasis. When you think like it's over, you can't go on any longer, that you have, the hope is kind of slipping away from you, and yet it just seems like all of a sudden you'll come up on an oasis, and God provides in the middle of that oasis. I've experienced it over the years that I've known the Lord. There have been times like that. Those who sow in tears, of course, times when we're struggling, when we're asking, when we're questioning, when we're going through a battle, there's a lot of tears what is the promise? Shall reap in joy. Shall reap in joy. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless, say doubtless. This is a strong 
Hebrew word here. There's no, in other words, it's doubtless meaning there's no question it's going to come. There's no question your deliverance is going to come. There's no question that there's, a, there's an end to what you're going through, the tears that you're shedding. There's no question that those tears are going to end, and you're going to end up rejoicing and joy in your heart. He who continually goes forth weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall doubtless come again with what? Rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. The sheaves is the harvest. The sheaves is that grain that is brought in from the fields and is stacked in the barns or wherever it might be. And it's just the harvest time has come. So it reminds us that some blessings come suddenly, some in the course of time, and others as we patiently sow and reap. And I think that most of our walk is a walk of patience and reaping. Galatians chapter 6, verse 9 says, In due season, say due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So I, I don't know what you might be going through, but I, I think that we all can relate to one another uh, somewhat in all of these areas that there's times when deliverance comes, it's like a dream. There was a breakthrough in our lives and victory came. Other times, and we sit here tonight still wondering if there's ever going to be a breakthrough. But I wanted this psalm to speak to us this Thanksgiving that we're not just thankful because of what God does for us or what he has done for us recently, we're thankful to God for who he is and his promises that will doubtless will always come to true in our life. You know what I mean by that? It's a, a doubtless that our God will come through for us. Every story in the Bible is not just written from a historic standpoint for us to just see the history of. It's written so that we can learn and be encouraged from these incidents that are in the life of Israel. And this particular one is a reminder of God's faithfulness. He will come through. We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.